So hello everyone and welcome to this Intralingo Spotlight. I'm Lisa Carter, host, uh, founder and creative director of Intralingo. And joining us today we have Bridget Crone, the author of Small Mercies. And Bridget is joining us today from Hilton in South Africa. So good to have you here, Bridget. Hello Lisa and thank you for having me. Oh, it's wonderful. I'm so happy to be talking about your novel. Good. So, um, Bridget, you have been a writer for a really long time. Um, much of your work has been writing for the school system in South Africa, textbooks, yep. um, but also readers, fiction and nonfiction and compilations. Um, Small Mercies is your first novel. And you said that it's the first time you sat down and wrote what you wanted to. So what was it about Small Mercies that, that got you to write this novel? Well, my um, work as in textbook writing is very uh, uh, sporadic. It happens in, um, with a lot of pressure and there are lots, lots of deadlines. Um, and suddenly the deadlines dry up and then I'm faced with quite a lot of time that I can fill doing my own thing. Um, I always wanted to write something that was entirely my own, that wasn't constrained by um, any kind of um, uh, limits put, you know, often I would get requests saying we want a book of 15,000 words or a story on this particular theme. So this was my chance to just write my own thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I had this idea that I wanted to write a novel about children and civil disobedience. Mm -hmm. And the obvious place um, to start for me, because at that time I was living in Peter Maritzburg, was... Um, to, to write about Gandhi because he had a life-changing experience here in our town. And I felt that was a story that hadn't really been told um, properly yet. Uh, certainly it was a story I hadn't heard. And the more I, I, I read about Gandhi, the more intrigued I became. Um, there was all sorts of things that interested me. For one, his childhood was not... Um, he didn't, in, he showed very little indication as a child of this um, person that he became later. Mm. He was a timid child and, um, you know, easily influenced by others, didn't do that well at school, hated sport. Um, characteristics that I think a lot of people um, would relate to. And um, then the other thing I discovered was that he, he credited that night that he'd spent in the, in the Maritzburg station later in his life as being the most um, important experience of his life because something changed for him that night. And so I thought, well, there's, a, there's an interesting story. Um, the other thing I learned was that Satyagraha, which is the Sanskrit word for, I always assumed it meant passive resistance, which is what Gandhi is so famous for, I discovered actually means something much more um, subtle and interesting, which is the quiet insistence of truth. Mm. And um, that I found uh, profoundly interesting. And it gave me a way of, of introducing Gandhi into the story um, in a way that might surprise people. So it wouldn't be an obvious thing where mercy becomes, um, you know, 
does an act of civil disobedience or she takes on passive resistance and all her problems fall into place. It just gave me a much more interesting way to, um, to resolve the story. Mm. So it began really with wanting to write about Gandhi, but wanting to do it in such a way that uh, would be fresh and interesting, not, um, not obvious. Yes, it absolutely is. I think one of the things that, uh, you know, many of us, um, you know, we have this image of Gandhi in our minds. And as you're exactly saying, it's of this very strong, determined um, individual and yet mm -hmm. he became that uh, yes. and I think many of us I, I certainly wasn't aware of the number of years that he spent in South Africa yeah yeah it was about 20 years yes. so it was a very formative time in his life um, he arrived as a young lawyer very um, very shy very um, a bit overawed by everything and um, and it was it was really his experiences here that that helped to shape his um, his world view and went on to then change the world in quite significant ways. Yes, yeah. quite quite incredible. I mm. think the other thing is that Mercy, who is the protagonist of of the novel, um, as you say, it is about a, an act of civil disobedience, but it is not what we might expect, mm. especially mm. in a novel about South Africa, where we would expect the theme to be potentially racism or apartheid or mm. or something more obvious. But mm. here again, you. Have have taken something very universal and it is and very modern um, what Mercy ends up protesting is you know property development mm. the potential mm. loss of <laughs> her right. home mm. yeah mm -hmm. I think I did that quite deliberately I didn't want to make this a story about race although I, I do believe race is still a really important issue and there are other people who have written about it and will continue to write about it um, and it's a it's a it's an important story and definitely one that South Africans are still struggling with um, but in a way it felt like it was almost more subversive to make this a story that didn't deal with race mm -hmm. to just um, make Mercy's classmates and her friendships very, they are all races and um, they, it, that isn't the, the, the burning issue. Mm -hmm. um, they are friends, they have little romances, they have, um, you know, they, they're very, um, each child is, a, is completely unique and wonderful and peculiar in their own way. And um, I wanted it to, I didn't want for the, um, the story to be about what people would expect. Yes. I wanted something, something else. It is. It definitely is. Um, so I believe, Bridget, you're going to read a little bit for us. Do you want to introduce um, the portion that you're going to read? Sure. Um, I've decided just to read from chapter one um, mm -hmm. because I think it introduces... Uh, the, the, the story takes place in two um, main settings. There's Mercy at School and Mercy at Home. And um, this chapter combines both of those settings um, so uh, I, I think because it's the first chapter, I don't have to say too much. I think it will speak for itself. Perfect. Okay, chapter one. Mercy stood in front of the principal's desk with the excuse notes in her hand. 
Mrs. Creasel laid down her pen and looked at her over the top of her spectacles. Yes, Mercy, she said, taking the note and opening it. It says here that you are to be excused from the class assembly rehearsals because you have, she paused and looked at Mercy as if she couldn't quite believe what she was reading. The collie wobbles, Mercy nodded. Are the collie wobbles the same or different from the dicky tummy you had last week? Mrs. Creasel heaved herself out of her swivel chair and clip-clopped over to a filing cabinet from which she pulled a file. I must have about 12 excuse notes here, she said. This one was rather good. It says you are to be excused from the interhouse cross-country because you have a bone in your leg. She raised one eyebrow. Who wrote this note, Mercy? My foster mother, Aunt Mary. Did she also write the one about you having a bone in your leg? No, that was my other foster mother, Aunt Flora. Yes, I remember now, they're sisters. Mrs. Creasel tapped her top lip with her index finger. And just remind me, how long have you been living with these aunts? Since I was five. And they are, how old would you say? Mercy didn't know. When she'd asked Aunt Mary a few years ago, Aunt Mary said she was as old as her tongue and a little bit older than her teeth. They were old, but it was hard to say just how old. Their faces were lined and freckled and their hair was silvery white. Aunt Mary cut her straight with nail scissors, but Aunt Flora's hair stood up like dandelion fluff. Aunt Mary always carried a handkerchief and a bunch of keys in the pocket of her homemade dress. Aunt Flora liked comfy tracksuit pants that she pulled up high. How old is that exactly? I don't know, Mrs. Creasel. So why has Mrs. Pruitt sent you to me today? Tell me more about this class assembly and why you need to be excused from it. It was hard for Mercy to explain why the instruction to do a folk dance from her own culture proved so difficult to follow. When she asked the aunts for help, they didn't make it any easier. Oh, for heaven's sake, Aunt Mary said when Mercy asked, can we pretend you're Polish and teach you the polka? Aunt Mary had ideas about education and they didn't include cultural folk dancing or anything newfangled as she called it. She didn't even read Mercy's school reports. She thought education should include memorizing the Latin names of plants and a lot of great poetry. Oh, young Lochinvar has come out of the West through all the wide border, his steed was the best. But Aunt Flora was more nervous. She liked Mercy to get the right answer and not get into trouble. What should we do, Mary? Aunt Flora said. Shall we teach her the quick step? But they decided in the end to teach her Morris dancing. So Mercy watched while Aunt Flora played a plinky plonky tune on the piano and Aunt Mary skipped about the sitting room waving her handkerchief in time to the music. Aunt Mary was not a person who skipped lightly and Mercy had been a bit disturbed by the sight and then relieved when Aunt Mary had come to a breathless halt saying, oh, this is ridiculous, we'll have to think of something else. After an awkward silence, Aunt Flora asked, what will the other children be doing? Indian dancing, maybe Zulu dancing, Mercy offered. Mrs. Pruitt said, we all have a culture and we must celebrate it. Ridiculous, said Aunt Mary. Almost no one has a single culture. If I was in your class at school, Mercy, which culture would I celebrate? White South African, whatever that is, Viking, English, West Indian? West Indian, Mercy was confused. Yes, after our great-grandmother died, my great-grandfather married a West Indian woman, and it's one of the big regrets of my life that I've never gone to Barbados to meet that side of my family. Well, Mrs. Pruitt wants me to do something by these people called the Cape Malay minstrels, said Mercy. Maybe it's because I'm 
you know, coloured. Just because your mother's people come from Cape Town originally is no reason, dear child, to go capering about in shiny, shiny satin twanging a small guitar, honestly. If you'd grown up on the Cape Flats, it would be a festival that you could take completely to heart, but you've never even been to Cape Town. Mercy was relieved. She'd seen the Karpsa Klopsa festivals on TV, seen the bright costumes, the brass bands and the colourful umbrellas, but the whole event was completely alien to her. It was as strange as a Chinese New Year street party with paper dragons. So, said Aunt Mary, if we're to be accurate, I think what we're looking for here is a dance that has some Cape Malay, some Khoisan, a bit of Dutch settler, some English. I think we'll just write a little excuse note, shall we, Aunt Flora said, always anxious to get Aunt Mary off her high horse. Now, where did I put those? And she wandered off through the kitchen and out into the back garden, patting her pockets in the top of her head, looking for her spectacles. Oh, that is just delightful. It is such a wonderful start um, to the novel. There's so much indicated there that, you know, that we get as the novel progresses. Um, Flora's, I mean, um, Mercy's aunts, um, Mary and Flora are delightfully unique. They are old fashioned. Um, but, you know, Flora, as you indicate at the very end of that passage is, is, suffering from some memory loss. Um, mm, mm. There are so many themes and topics in that, uh, in that very opening, uh, those very opening pages. What are some of the, the themes and topics that you intended to portray throughout the novel, Bridget? Um, well, there, there are a bunch of them. Um, the one that recurs, I think, is this idea of culture. And um, we do have in South Africa Heritage Day every year where we are meant to celebrate our cultures. And it's often, um, it's easy for some cultures. There's mm -hmm. a, um, I think people tend to think a little bit um, stereotypically though, you know, if you're Zulu, then it'll be beads and animal skins. If you're Indian, it'll be saris and Punjabi sets. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're a white South African, or a colored South African or anybody of mixed race, mm -hmm. it gets quite tricky to know which culture you, um, you want to express. And there isn't really enough um, um, attention paid to the fact that culture is layered and that even if you are Zulu, rural Zulu will be different to urban Zulu and so on and so forth. So um, that idea of culture being slippery is one of the themes. Mm. The other theme I wanted to show, um, to explore a little bit, um, was the theme of bullying. Um, that comes up in Mercy's class. There are a couple of girls who are very strong and um, forceful and not always kind to people and bully people. And um, I wanted to show, um, I didn't want to portray that um, in any kind of, anything too sim simplistic, because mm -hmm. I think bullying is a very nuanced um, problem. And there are probably as many solutions to bullying as there are bullying situations. Um, and the obvious one is, is tell a grown up. And there are instances when that is entirely appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, but often children keep the bullying situation to themselves for their own complicated reasons. 
And Mercy is witness to bullying. She doesn't really experience it herself, although the social worker who uh, th that whole system could be seen as bullying. Certainly the, the property developer is a bully in the way he um, handles um, and tries to force the sale of the house. So the idea of bullying crops up all over the book. Um, and uh, But the, the one between Mercy and her classmates, I decided in the end to, to resolve that, although it's very tempting to have a big showdown and have the bully vanquished in a very satisfying way, sometimes um, it can be solved by just um, a realignment of relationships. And the uh, a lot of bullies need uh, a sidekick or somebody to bolster them. And there's this whole thinking around bystanders and the power that they have. So I wanted the, the bullying situation in their class to be resolved quietly by people just taking their allegiance away from the bully and quietly making friends with other people. And I think that is a way that bullying can sometimes be solved, not always, but um, it felt satisfying in this um, in this particular story. So um, there's bullying, there's um, uh, culture. Another thing that I wanted to introduce was the whole thing of bees and the, the, what they represent, because there's a bees buzz in and out of the story and they play quite an important part in the, um, in the, uh, the way that the whole story is resolved. Mm -hmm. um, but the, uh, I think the thing that I wanted to convey about bees is their, is their, their hard work and the fact that they do these tiny little acts of daily work and um, they not aware of the impact that those um, well, I don't know if they are or not, but they're <laughs> probably not aware that they are fertilizing the, the world and, and helping us to, to feed ourselves. Um, they are just performing their job. And in a way, there, there's a, a metaphor in that for us, that we, we must just do the work that we have to do. And some of it won't be glamorous and, and a lot of it won't be... Um, uh, won't attract a lot of attention. So there, I think I make the point somewhere that there can only be one Queen Bee. There can only be one Gandhi or one Nelson Mandela or one um, Kate Middleton or, you know, all these mm -hmm. people that crop up in the, in the course of the story. But that, that doesn't mean the rest of us, our lives are pointless. We, we all have a tiny little bit of work that we must do. And um, in the grand scheme, it might be a tiny little bit, but we work very, very hard at those at those jobs, and um, they all add in some small way to the the, the, the overall sweetness of life. And um, so that was another theme that I wanted to um, explore. That also you don't have to have a grand sense of where your life is heading and. Sometimes when you're faced with a, a, a really difficult problem, the, um, you don't have to see the whole um, resolution of it before you can act. Sometimes you just see something like a little pool of light that emerges and you step into that pool and you hunker down and you wait for the next pool of light. And, and that's certainly what happened in Mercy's case. She had mm -hmm to tell the truth about something. And that's another major theme is this idea of truth. And, and then um, 
and then the next thing emerged and then the next thing and and then you can cover quite a distance doing that you don't have to have a a big sweep of it just as gandhi didn't when he sat in the in the maritzburg station that night he um he didn't foresee how his life was going to pan out he he just did the job that was immediately in front of him and um and then it 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 led to great and glorious things for him. It won't lead to great and glorious things for everyone at all, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there was that, and then the, and then the the whole thing of telling the truth that felt um, like a a, a really um, it's a it's a difficult thing because often the truth is not pure and it's not simple. But if you tell it to the right person at the right time, there, there's a vitality that happens, mm-hmm. and, and things open up. And um, it certainly was the ca- it was uh, true in Mercy's case that she had to tell a very difficult truth that was compromising for her. And in telling it, uh, she was well heard, and it unleashed a little miracle, which um, led to a ha- very happy ending. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing all of those. They're they're all so apparent in the novel. And I think what is just wonderful about what you have written is everything is there. Um, All of those themes are there. They're carried along by the story. Um, It is a very um, South African story. And yet it is an entirely universal story at the same time. It is about all of these things. Um, and yet as a middle grade novel, it is told in the simplest and most direct, um, really getting to the heart of all of those matters without um, belaboring any of them. It's really incredibly well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I. I, I really believe that children are more than capable of, of understanding nuance and um, profound truths about life and um, that we shouldn't condescend to them and that this, uh, there, there should be a way of, of dropping those truths into um, a story which has a kind of... Um, compelling element to it but that um but it carries a a message as well Mm -hmm. Um, so i'm really pleased that you got all of those things Absolutely. And I think that is, you know, one of the wonderful things, again, as you say about writing for, you know, in this this case, middle grade, um, but any writing for children is children, um, as you say, keep things so uncomplicated. Um, Mm. It's us as adults who complicate it with, you know, different ways of thinking and our experience. Um, So this is, is, equally enjoyable whether you're an adult or a young person I would say oh well that's great to know thanks oh absolutely for sure um you know there are a lot of topics covered and uh and uh as I say it's really the emotional truth of them for me that was that was so compelling and uh I finished reading the novel on Sunday and I posted soon after on social media that I had um, just cried and cried uh, at the end of the, (laughs) 
at the end of the book, which is <laughs> is very common for me. I'm I'm a sensitive soul. But, uh, yes, yes. Um, but when I cry out of happiness or sadness. Yes, but yes. Re reflecting on it, I think what what um, really pulled me in the most was that we have Mercy, who is this lovely little girl who is facing all the complexities mm. of life. Um, mm. She has had a hard beginning. Mm. Um, her home life is uncertain because her foster mothers are aging. Mm. Um, there's the property developer. She feels alone and afraid of so many mm. things. Mm. Mm. And what Mercy does is decide to ask for help. Mm, mm. And she receives that help. Mm. And I think that that is such a lesson, whether we are 11 like Mercy or 51 yes, <laughs> like yes. me. Um, yes. It is, it's a profound and simple um, truth mm. Um, mm. that uh, just like the bees, that, that we are better and stronger together. Mm, indeed. Mm -hmm. I think I've always believed that, 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 powerless people have two things that they're um that are available to them when they feel most powerless and the one is humor um that can be very and south as south africans we're very good at that we we love to laugh at ourselves and the other thing is the truth um just to be honest about what is what you're going through it can have a it can be quite a profound um it, it just invites um, something in which is fresh and uh, and that's the lesson that Mercy learns to do, having bottled up a lot. And whenever somebody asked her how she was, she would just say, fine. And then she learns to just tell the truth and it's very hard, but she does it and then it unleashes Exactly. Everything changes for yeah. her from that point on. Yes. Yep. Oh, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I just adored mm -hmm. your story, Bridget, and I'm so glad to be to be sharing it with others here. Um, is there one thing that you would like us all as readers to take away from Small Mercies? Well, I think uh, I think it's something we've touched on already um, that South, people, when they think of South Africa, they tend to think in terms of apartheid for obvious reasons and um, of institutional racism. Um, but I wanted, um, I would really love it if people see um, that South Africans are people just like anybody else. And um, we, we have other issues that, that what that we worry about and um it's um it's a it's a complex place it's not um it's not just a a simple matter of race although having said that race is uh it's still a a, a big thing for us mm -hmm. and we we still have a lot of of thinking and talking to do about it but um i would really love people to see south africa as a place where they go, gosh, I didn't realize that. Mm, I didn't didn't see that coming, mm. um, that they see it with fresh eyes. I think that would be um, very rewarding for me. Mm. Mm. 
That's wonderful. You know, I must tell you, Bridget, last December I was in South Africa um, and uh, absolutely adored it. Mm. Uh, I had been there as well back in 1992. And um, reading your book, you know, this December, um, it really was like like going back there um, in terms of there is such beauty, but also, as you say, such complexity and Mm. not not to... um, forget that when we look at any country or culture or person individual Mm -hmm. no indeed where where were you when you came to South Africa yes we this time uh, last December my husband and I we traveled um, in Cape Town and then up the garden route so we we didn't get as far as as you up towards Durban and Peter Maritzburg but uh, I was in that part of the country in 1992 so okay Yes, mm. it's an it's an incredible country. Yeah, very scenically, very very beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. and very warm-hearted as well. Very welcoming country. Absolutely, yes. The people the people are what make any place, and that is absolutely true. South Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today about uh, your novel, Small Mercies, Bridget. Um, It was a delight to read, um, lovely to speak to you, and uh, I will um, look forward to sharing this with everyone and making sure that at the bottom of this video, your bio will be included, as well as the links to get your book. I would also like to say thank you to Catalyst Press for the Advanced Reader's copy Um, and I can't wait for more people to read your book and uh, to to comment here or anywhere to reach out to you on social media and share their their personal experience of the book with you I would love that thank you thank you Lisa wonderful and to everyone watching thank you very much whether you've watched this on youtube or listened to it um, do check out the show notes Uh, if you enjoyed this spotlight like it share it leave us a comment reach out uh, and of course ring the bell for notifications when the next spotlight is released Thank you.